If you love Platinum Games, Tencent is nothing to fear. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today, if you like Platinum Games, a Japanese developer responsible for games like Bayonetta, for doing the action on Near Automata and things of that nature, there was a big story in the news at least as I was told by some people on my Twitter and on my social media. And I have to admit, I'm going to mention those folks in just a second who gave me the hat tip on this story. I looked at it and thought, well, maybe there isn't anything too terribly interesting there. It's just a standard equity deal. How many people are honestly going to care about this particular topic? And I am always willing to admit when I am wrong, and I was wrong about this. Throughout the day on the internet, I have seen so many people commenting on the fact that Chinese conglomerate Tencent has invested in one of their favorite Japanese video game developers, Platinum Games, and how bad of a thing that is, how big of a deal it is, that I thought, hey, all right, I better make a virtual legality episode about it. Because unlike some other stories that we talk about regularly on this channel, this is right in my wheelhouse. I am a corporate lawyer. I regularly do venture capital and financing for companies. I am very, very often dealing with the differences between debt and notes and instruments that act like debt or notes and the sale of equity, which appears to be what happened here. So without further ado, let's take a look at the actual video game headline here. I've pulled up the one from IGN. You can find this across the internet if you're interested in these types of things. It says... Platinum Games has big announcement for 2020, moves towards self-publishing. The action game studio is finally coming into its own. So just based on that headline and the subtitle for this headline, if you love Platinum Games, if you like what they produce, what they output, and I think everybody that really likes well-designed, very responsive action games has a soft spot in their heart for Platinum Games. They make a lot of good content. Uh, They make some maybe not so good content, especially when it comes to their licensing deals. But that's one of the reasons that they are trying to find financial independence that looks at this headline. Everyone that looks at this and loves Platinum Games should say, hey, that's a good thing. That can only be a good thing. They're getting more money. They can move towards self-publishing. They can stop selling themselves on licensing deals for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or what have you. And they can start to become more and more of an independent developer. But the issue today has been with Tencent and where they've gotten this money. Let's take a look at the IGN article. Platinum Games is expecting to have a very big 2020 with new game releases, announcements, and a move into self-publishing. This comes from Platinum Games president Kenichi Sato and studio head Atusushi Inaba, who spoke to Inside Games, translated by Silicon Era, about its plans for 2020. Last year... We said that 2019 would be a year where the curtain rises for a new stage for Platinum Games. We're a bit late on that, but I believe we'll have several big announcements to deliver early in the new year, so please look forward to that. That's a promise I'll definitely keep. Now, one thing to note here as the corporate lawyer in the room is that that very often happens. I, in fact, had a couple of deals this past year, this past calendar year, 2019, that everybody is trying to get done by the end of the year. It is essentially something that you all aspire to accomplish, but especially as the weeks get later and later in the year and more people go on vacation, fewer and fewer government resources are available to you. A lot of the times those those things slip into the new year. And so here I look at that quote and I say, okay, yeah, you've been working on a financing on some kind of deal for a long time. These things take months, not days or even weeks. 
and it slipped past December 31st into now what we have here, which is January 7th. And so, hey, we thought it would get done last year. Of course you did. Everybody was aimed at it, but it didn't. So we're here in 2020 to say this is what just happened. Continuing with the article, he added that as everyone will be looking towards Japan in 2020 due to the Tokyo Olympics, Platinum wants to represent its country and go all out to get attention from fans around the world. Adding to that sentiment, Inaba said that from the start of 2020, we'll continue to roll out various announcements, big and small, throughout the year. One of the first announcements of the new year is that Platinum has received capital investment from Chinese gaming giant Tencent as a basis for a partnership. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. And to be perfectly honest with you, as Platinum is a close corporation, is an entity that doesn't have to do the same kind of reporting as a full public entity that is selling its stock on a secondary market, we're not going to get all of the details as to what this means. But looking at this statement, Platinum has received capital investment. That means it's money that is given to the company to expend on capital, to make more money, to do whatever the business is doing. It's not a purely financial arrangement. It is to make Platinum do whatever it is that it intends to do bigger and better and more successfully. From Chinese gaming giant Tencent as a basis for a partnership is a little bit more opaque, right? One of the things I want to do in this video is talk about equity, talk about debt, and how we're not getting all of the details here from Platinum, obviously from Tencent, from IGN. And that's not IGN's fault. That's not anybody that's reporting on this. It's not their fault on the internet because you don't have this information. You can only report on what's been given to you. And we're going to take a look in a second about what Platinum Games has given to us as an effort to get in front of some of the issues that they clearly anticipated that I don't know that I would have necessarily anticipated. I don't see that significant of a deal with a minority investment in a company. We're going to talk about why in just a second. But they knew, and a lot of the people that contacted me this morning knew, that this would be a big deal. So let's take a look at a few of those contacts because I do want to give the hat tips where they deserve. Uh, this is somebody that follows me on Twitter, Joseph LaRusso. We often talk about these things. I think I might have mentioned him on Virtual Legality before. He flagged me at 2.20 a.m. this morning, said, hey, since this is going to make certain people crazy without proper knowledge of capital investments, check out this article uh, for a possible virtual legality topic. Hope your voice feels better. It sounds good. So we could already know that Joe is crazy because he thinks I sound good, but I very much appreciate it. No one has to know how much I have to cut out of these videos right this second for just me hacking up a lung because my voice is giving out because that's the magic of editing and I very much appreciate it. But even still, I get this note at 2.20 a.m. and I'm like, okay, I look at the article. That's interesting. It's an interesting investment. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But I then get another kind of heads up from another person that I follow, Game Over 30, says, hey, there's nothing nefarious about taking investment capital from Tencent. Again, I didn't think that there was. Taken on its own, it's simply an investment. It entitles them to profit share. Obviously, this changes if they buy controlling shares, but otherwise, completely normal in the case of Platinum Games, this gives them an opportunity to own control their IPs and grow margins. A vertical integration into publishing can be very profitable, assuming costs can be controlled. Again, he's assuming on what all this money is going to be used for. And I didn't put it here in this video, but I flagged this. I said, hey, that's very interesting. I appreciate this note on Twitter. Are people complaining? He said, yeah, a lot of people across the internet are complaining on Reset Era and Reddit and other places. I went and took a look, and there are a number of people complaining because I think Tencent... The blizzard of backlash, if you followed virtual legality during that, and dealing with China, Chinese censorship, all of this, everybody in the video game industry, especially that follows it and doesn't necessarily 
control these companies that isn't involved in these business relationships has all of these concerns about China and Chinese infiltration and control of these entities. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think it's always good to be engaged with your hobbies, with your what you're interested in, follow these studios. I think that's great. But it does mean that people can get a little overboard as to what they're worried about. Uh, and so I want to talk now about what Platinum actually said. Because as I indicated, like Joe indicated, like Game Over 30 indicated, in this particular instance, Platinum was well in front of what was going to happen here. They knew that there would be a certain amount of noise regarding the fact that they had taken money from Tencent. So this is what they actually went out to the public with. This is what has been flagged in all these articles. And they say, announcement regarding partnership with Tencent. Important word there, partnership. Now, from a legal perspective, that can mean something pretty significant. That can mean you're doing a joint venture. You otherwise have some kind of strategic relationship, a relationship that involves control between two entities. Here, it seems very clear that that's not what is fully intended by the use of that term. They are just trying to show that there is a strategic relationship between these two companies and to, yes, get in front of folks that might have an issue with that, but also to try to take advantage of the fact that, hey, us, Little Platinum Games, who has had to survive kind of game to game, mouth to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, is now aligned with this giant megalith publisher. And so that's a good thing. You should think better about our company because somebody of this stature and of this size was willing to enter into an agreement with us. That's that kind of partnership. They go on and say, we would like to announce, we have received a capital investment from Tencent Holdings Limited as a basis for partnership. Okay, that's what we heard from IGN. This partnership has no effect on the independence of our company, and we will continue operations under our current corporate structure. Now, here's where we talk a little bit about financing, right? If you're running a household, if you're just an individual out on the street, you know financing kind of on a micro level, right? You know you get money in from your salary, maybe some from some investments that you have, and money goes out in terms of expenses. Running a company, even though it's bigger, even though there's a, there's a lot more line items on various sides of the ledger, is a similar kind of concept. Platinum Games has been making video games for a decade now or so, but they have gone from game to game trying to make their line items work in their budget, trying to find licensing deals where they need to shore up certain aspects of that budgetary uh, reality for them. And so in this particular instance, they go forward and they say, okay, we need money. Where are we going to get money? Uh, so like an individual, you say, I can go to a bank. What kind of assets do I have to collateralize? What can I give security to that the bank can know that they're going to get their money back, even if my operations don't work well? Well, one of the problems with video games is that you don't necessarily have a ton of assets to collateralize, right? You are basically working on computers. You're basically working in a digital landscape. Some banks are going to be okay with that. Certainly banks that are more willing to have higher risks, potentially ask for higher margins on their loans. Some of them are going to be okay with it. We call those in America venture banks, uh, and there's certainly a, a, a nascent and maybe a little bit more than that industry in that kind of banking here in this country. Uh, but it's a difficult thing to get, and you could wind up paying significant amounts of money to go get that money brought into your company. Another option that you have is to sell pieces of the company itself, not the assets. You're not going out on the street and selling your laptops or your chairs uh, or your clock on the wall. You're selling what we call the equity of the company. Uh, and that's what you think of when you think of the stock market, right? You think of shares on a share exchange. Uh, this is a little different because a stock market is what we call a secondary market. That's between two individuals or companies that aren't the issuer of the stock itself. 
So when you go and you buy Microsoft stock from someone else on the stock exchange, you're not buying it from Microsoft. You're buying it from Joe, who's holding the Microsoft stock, and he's selling it to you. And then later on, maybe tomorrow or next year, you'll sell it to Bob or Joanne or whomever. And Microsoft was never involved. They care about their stock prices for other reasons, including potentially financing future operations by themselves issuing their own stock. But in the secondary market on the New York Stock Exchange, you're not interacting with Microsoft at all. Here, what we've got is a primary issuer transaction. Platinum Games goes and says, and I don't know their corporate structure, uh, but goes and says, all right, 100% of our shares are owned by X, Y, and Z. We as a company can issue another 10% and that'll dilute everybody else, but that 10% can go to Tencent. They're willing to pay a couple million dollars for it. They come in, they own 10% of our company, and we can still say in a statement like this one on January 7th, 2020, that we have retained our independence as a company. What does that mean in kind of a broad stroke situation? Mostly I look at it and I say, well, it means that Tencent doesn't control your board of directors. It doesn't control the operations of your company, the way your entity moves forward into the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have absolutely no authority to do anything, right? As a lawyer, I tend to look at these sentences. I parse them out a little bit more than maybe someone who's just reading this once and moving on to the next news item. I look at this and say, has no effect on the independence of our company is a very high bar to clear. You can still be giving away a board of directors seat. You can still be giving away what we would call protective provisions that allow a minority shareholder to prevent certain action unless they agree to it or to cause or to push for certain action that the others have to agree to outside of certain parameters or conditions. So you can say, we haven't given up our independence because we're still mostly driving the boat while still giving up certain levers of control. And it wouldn't surprise me if even with this statement out in the wild, Tencent has some of those levers of control. But it is worth noting, and certainly Platinum Games wants to put out there that they haven't given up their independence, that Tencent isn't controlling their company. And I think that's a worthwhile thing to note. Tencent has a lot of fingers in a lot of pies. They own, I think, almost a majority of Epic Games at this point, something like 40, maybe 45% of Epic Games. But you still see that they don't control how Tim Sweeney and Epic operates. In fact, he had a quote from late last year that basically said that he would never censor Epic uh, in respect to the stuff that was happening with China. And a lot of people looked at that askance, I think myself being one of them, because of Tencent's significant ownership interest in the company. But it's clear that Tencent doesn't control how Epic operates on a day-to-day level right now. And while we don't have any idea what kind of percentage ownership they took in Platinum Games, if you love Platinum Games' output, and if they retain this independence, there's no reason to look askance at Tencent's investment. It only helps Platinum Games to have money to not have given up that significant amount of control. Yes, if you're a founder of Platinum Games, you've given up a certain amount of the profits moving forward, and maybe you care about that. But those aren't the people that are commenting on this issue that I'm seeing on Reddit or elsewhere on the internet. So if your only concern is, can Platinum Games make good games? Can they make higher budget games? Can they make more money for themselves and be at less risk of potentially going under in any given year? The answer to that is yes. This is a significant move to shore up their budgetary line items, to make it so that they are more likely to exist five years from now than they were before this was executed. And if we are to take this on its face, and there's no reason to believe elsewise, 
then this is a good thing for Platinum Games and a very limited uh, issue for Tencent to be involved in Platinum Games. The other kind of corollary to that is, hey, if Tencent wants to buy Platinum, they could have done that without investing in them at all first. Yes, investing in them gets them certain rights, presumably to certain financial information, gets them certain access rights to their own corporate governance, to what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And undoubtedly, that's information that Tencent wants to evaluate potentially a future acquisition, to evaluate what other strategic moves it wants to make in the video game space, potentially related to Platinum Games or otherwise. And yes, that does mean that on the margins, Tencent is more likely to get involved on a more specific controlling basis with, with Platinum Games than they were yesterday. But Platinum Games is always going to have to accede to that. And that doesn't change just because Tencent is some kind of minority holder in the company. So if Platinum Games wants to retain its independence, there's nothing that Tencent can do to force their hand there, not at least until they can force the hands of enough equity holders to move a controlling interest over to Tencent. So, so far, nothing but good. Finishing off their statement, we hope to use this capital to strengthen our foundation as a business and expand from game development into exploring self-publishing. We also hope that this partnership can give us a wider global perspective while still creating high-quality games that stay true to our name. Thank you, as always, for your continued support. Please look forward to what we have in store. And that broadly lines up with what you can see from the president's message that is currently on the Platinum Games website. Again, Platinum Games is a very successful, very niche video game company, which means that they operate something like a startup company that you might think of as a tech startup or something along those lines. Because every single Platinum Games product is new, yes, they are building up a certain amount of brand goodwill for I trust the Platinum Games logo and thus I will buy that game. But outside of that, this isn't a company that is slowly and majestically figuring out every specific way to make the perfect potted plant and getting it out logistically to every Walmart in the world. That's not what Platinum Games does. That's not what any video game company does or any movie studio or TV studio. That's why you have all of these strategic relationships to try to mitigate risk because essentially every product that goes out from a major creative corporation like this is a new product that has to be marketed in a new way, that has to prove itself on the open market in a new way. And so these strategic initiatives are not only common in the industry, but they're going to get more common, especially as the price of making a video game to compete, at least in the AA space, if not the AAA space, keeps going up. And I wanted to highlight this paragraph for you from Kenichi Sato that actually puts a bullet on this point. So where is our place at this generational crossroads? At Platinum Games, we see these changes as fertile ground where all the know-how we've gained through years of game development experience can truly bloom. In other words, it's a great chance for us to share our games with both current gamers and a wider audience than ever before. As we move forwards, we'll connect with the best that several fields have to offer, with the video game business always at our core, of course, to push our horizons further and further. This is the path we must take to meet our goal of satisfying players like no other studio in an ever-changing games industry. In other words, they are open to strategic partnerships. They are open to trying to figure out the best way forward for a small game company in the 2020s. And they understand that financially, that means finding other folks to help go on this journey of building a video game, which has high risk but high reward with you. 
So I've pulled up an article here from Business News Daily to just talk about this one last time because, again, if you're Platinum Games, you're looking at this issue as a small kind of startup company, right? It's not that Platinum Games is new. It's that every single thing that they make is essentially a brand new company trying to market a brand new product in a brand new world. So they're looking at financing. They're looking at the economics of their situation in a way that's very similar to a startup enterprise. And so I pulled up this article that says small business financing options without a traditional bank. Because again, they might not have the collateral to go and get a bank loan. If they are offered a bank loan at a high risk industry like video games, they might not love the, the risk, the interest that is offered to them. And so you try to go and you find other options. They've got community development finance institutions, people that are invested in making whatever their region of the world in a better, more profitable economic location. You've got venture capitalists. That's really my neck of the woods, folks that are built around investing in new technologies, things that are very, very high risk because they've never been proved commercially successful before, but that if you hit on, you're going to be very, very wealthy. Partner financing, which is what I want to talk about here, which is, hey, okay, Rick, even if they need to sell their equity, why did it have to be to Tencent? Why would they do that? And you see a little bit in the notes that they give about wanting to be a more global company, wanting to be involved with partners that have this understanding. And that's ultimately what this is, right? Tencent is in part a conglomerate. So they undoubtedly have a financing arm that's just interested in moving their money into various spots to make more money and that's okay with them. But they're also heavily invested in technology and in video games. In fact, video games are one of their focal points for investment. And so they have all of this latent know-how. They have people that have worked with Riot. They have people that have worked with Epic Games. They have this understanding of people involved with publishing around the world and in various other ways can give value, even as just a minority stakeholder, even if they didn't take a board of directors position, even if they're only observers at various meetings of the company, they are still a phone number that Platinum Games can call up and say, hey, we've got this issue with our self-publishing. We're trying to figure out how to market it in this country or deal with this region's specific requirements. Tencent, have you ever dealt with that before? And Tencent can say, yeah, absolutely. We dealt with that with the Riot League of Legends issue or with the Epic Games issue. And let us talk to you about what we can do for you. That is why you see strategic partnerships, not just because Tencent absolutely wants to evaluate potential future acquisitions, and that might be Platinum Games some number of years down the line, but also from Platinum Games' perspective because they can get that knowledge, that information, that know-how without necessarily paying somebody to be on their board or to be on an advisory board of some kind, but can actually receive money from Tencent and get that know-how. And Tencent has every incentive to give that know-how because they now have skin in the game, that that equity that they hold as it accrues value, it accrues value for them as well as for Platinum Games directly. So we see that described in this article. With strategic partner financing, another player in your industry funds the growth in exchange for special access to your product, staff, distribution rights, ultimate sale, or some combination of those items. Circus said this option is usually overlooked. Strategic funding acts like venture capital in that it usually is an equity sale, not a loan, though sometimes it can be royalty-based where the partner gets a piece of every product sale. Partner financing is a good alternative because the company you partner with is usually going to be a large business and may even be in a similar industry or an industry with an interest in your business. The larger company typically has relevant customers, salespeople, and marketing programming that you can tap right into, assuming your product or service is a compatible fit with what they already offer, which would surely be the case, or there would be no incentive for them to invest in you. Again, what you've got in this situation is a win-win scenario. 
Tencent wants to continue to evaluate potential future acquisition targets, absolutely, wants to make their money work for it in the video game space in particular, and Platinum Games is out there year after year trying to make sure they have enough licenses and enough opportunities to work to keep their people fed, their lights on, and their company in existence. And so when you see a situation like this, I understand being sensitive to Tencent and China coming in and getting involved. But if you love Platinum Games, if you love their output, someone having a minority investment interest in the company, even if it's Tencent, even if you hate that company entirely, this isn't the time to be concerned about that. The time to be concerned about that is if and when they take a controlling interest in Platinum Games. That's when to hold the funeral. That's when to have the wake. If you truly hate Tencent, that's when to have that kind of concern. A minority investment in something like Platinum is not the time. And in fact, if Platinum can prove the value of their expertise, of what they can do with self-publishing money, yeah, that might be attractive to Tencent at the end of the day. It'll also be attractive to everyone else. If they truly have that value, there are going to be other bidders at play if Platinum Games decides they want to sell. And there's no indication that that's what they want. They've been independent for 10 years in a far more precarious situation than they now find themselves in. So there's every indication that they want to remain independent as long as possible, and they want to continue to make the games that are the reason that you love them so much in the first place. So I look at this, and yes, I'm a corporate lawyer. Yes, I deal with these financings all the time. No, I don't have the same type of sensitivity for given investors, given venture capitalists, given people that you might find evil or a problem, whether that's private equity or hedge fund managers or whomever it is that you particularly hate in terms of these kinds of transactions. I don't necessarily have that sensitivity. But the reason I made this video is because I do love Platinum Games. I absolutely love a lot of their output. I understand people's concerns with Tencent, and I share them in certain respects, especially with certain of the acquisitions that they have made. And I'm sitting here telling you in virtual legality that this is a good thing if you love Platinum. It's not a worry if you hate Tencent. And I'll have another episode if and when it's a good time to worry about this particular transaction. Otherwise, this has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you liked this video. Please do like, subscribe to the channel, share it around with anybody that you think might be interested. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.